Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, obesity, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Mindset is everything in terms of achieving your goals. We all know that self-doubt can easily get in your way and make a dream not become a reality. It is so easy to listen to that little negative voice in your head or that negative opinion that others are giving you. That is why I'm excited to speak to this week's guest, Carrie Veach. Carrie is a mindset coach, podcaster, and the founder of Set Yourself Free. She focuses on mindset, helping clients achieve their goals, and she is also gluten-free. So I am so happy to have her on the podcast this week. I hope you enjoy our conversation. So please welcome Carrie Veach to the podcast. I'm so happy to connect with you today, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. So why don't we get started with you providing your background and how you got into mindset coaching? Sure. It's always such an interesting thing of how do you break things down in a brief format, Um, but I'll give you just a little snippet, which is I have my master's in counseling. So uh, I got my degree many, many years ago and was a therapist and have done a lot of other things in between. Um, And I've always been intrigued by what helps people change and the deeper work with people. And so that's why I went to school to be a therapist, because I just really wanted to help people And yet I felt like the therapy lens was not fully using my skill set in terms of how I like to help people and what I know about change. I think it's a great, great tool. And of course, I believe in therapy and I think it's an important thing for people to utilize. Um, But I didn't know coaching was a thing back then or I feel like I would have been coaching this whole time. Um, But really what has been the catalyst for me is just learning so much about the fact that our thoughts have so much to do with our feelings and the results that we get in our life. Mm -hmm. And I just don't feel like it's taught to us enough in terms of like, oh, my brain is doing its job to keep me safe, but I don't have to believe everything in terms of the thoughts that are coming to me. And so, you know, it's been a series of so many different reasons and things that have happened of how I kind of found coaching, but it's really because I live this work and it's been so essential for me um, that I want as many people to know about these tools. And I love just helping provide tools for people to know that you can literally change your life and it starts from the inside out. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's so powerful. And um You're totally right. I mean, that's something I even tell myself. I tell my kids, like, you don't have to believe your thoughts um, because you're right. We totally, we totally can go down that rabbit hole and and get really off track. Um, So one of the things I saw kind of on your Instagram feed and I was uh, going through some of your podcasts is what is radical self-acceptance? I wondered if you could explain that term. I've heard it before, but just kind of a little bit more on the concept and why it's important for achieving goals. Yeah. So this is, I think, a really challenging concept or idea for a lot of us that are very 
driven or type A personalities um, by default, or if, you know, you relate to being a former perfectionist or are a perfectionist, like it basically stems often from this idea that nothing's ever good enough, right? Like we're always trying to improve. And I think this is so easy in the personal development space too, because we are trying to be the best version of ourselves. But in that process, sometimes we're just beating ourselves up versus being so loving and accepting. So mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know if she coined the term or not, but there's a woman, I don't know if you know her, by the name of Tara Brock. Um, mm-hmm. And she has, um, I think her book is called Radical Acceptance. And I don't know if it comes from her or somewhere else, but the whole concept really of loving and accepting ourselves exactly as we are all of our flaws, all of our faults, all of our amazing qualities, like learning to lean in and really accept versus reject. Um, because mm-hmm. what I have found, and this is continual work for me, you know, and I think for every human alive, but it's really loving all parts of myself and knowing that if I am rejecting parts of myself, they're still there. It's just, I'm making it very difficult and putting myself into almost a resistance mode where I'm fighting against myself versus just accepting like, oh, I made a mistake. Like, okay, how can I learn the lesson, forgive myself faster and keep going? Oh, I love that. You know, because it's it's just like otherwise I, I look at it like you're beating yourself up against a wall. And you're just continuing to run into the wall versus if you can accept what's happening, then it's almost like, okay, then we can take a detour and we can keep going. Um, And so I just, I know that this work is forever, but it's so empowering because we have the, the ability to keep loving ourselves despite what happens or what mistakes we've made. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That totally fits me. I mean, I am the type A. I'm definitely a perfectionist. I'm always, and you're right, in personal development, I like, I don't know if you follow Rachel Hollis, but like, there's always sort of that like, go, go, go more, more, more mentality. Mm-hmm. I, I totally, you know, because being a type A, go, go right down that path. But you're right. There is sort of that, like, you can't, be perfect and you get exhausted trying to do this. So I sort of like this idea of, you know, taking it a different way and saying, this is okay, let's keep going. Um, so how, how do you flip your mind to that? Like, is it just practice? Is it just practice having those thoughts? Yes, I, um, I really believe it is. And it's, um, I don't know if it was an old coach of mine, or I'm sure, I'm sure it was along with other places. But it's basically your most practiced thoughts are your thoughts. And I just find that to be completely true, right? Like as I practice anything, it becomes more natural. Right. Like, you know, like when I'm working with a client and it's they're kind of frustrated or feeling like it's taking a really long time or whatever, I often say, okay, let's think about something that you learned as an adult because I think when you learn something as a kid, it's a little bit different. Um, but let's think about something you learned as an adult. And maybe it's you took up skiing or you you started yoga. Like when mm-hmm. you first started, you felt really awkward. You didn't know what to do. And you didn't like show up on day one and were a master of this 
this practice or this sport. Like you, you have right. to keep showing up day after day. And so I think what can happen with thought work or with changing, just even changing our life, right? But, but this whole concept of changing your life from the inside out is that we can start something, stick with it for maybe a week. And then we're like, oh, it doesn't work. It's not, it's not working. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, you know, if we had all given up on skiing, let's say after, you know, one, two lessons, we, we probably wouldn't be a good skier. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. So I think so much of this is, is absolutely practice. And, you know, I kind of joke with myself and my clients often that we can talk about mindset work or thought practices or things like this. And they're great conversations. I love having them. But then we actually have to do them and we have to practice them. So that might mean, you know, just slowing down and having a few minutes of meditation every day and noticing the thoughts that you're even having in your brain and seeing what's coming up and witnessing those thoughts and asking yourself like, okay, do I want to give my power and attention to these thoughts or do I want to choose some more empowering thoughts that are going to help me with what I'm actually trying to create in my life? Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I like bringing in kind of that meditation piece as well. And so this is kind of one tool that that you're obviously working with clients, but what other types of tools are you providing your clients or how do you guide them into really achieving their goals? And are there specific goals that you work on? Like, I know you have a lot about business, um, but then are you also working mm-hmm. on like health or relationship kind of goals as well? Yeah, so I primarily do one-on-one coaching. And what I love about it is people are so unique. So I am able to tailor the work to what somebody wants to work on. So Mm -hmm. I definitely have shifted to more um, entrepreneurial business focus, but I still do life coaching with some clients and, you know, come to me because they want to work on a relationship or other things in their life. Um, Mm -hmm. Because as much as we think the work is so different, it's actually quite similar. Um, mm-hmm. It's just learning to apply different tools um, to whatever area of our life that we're trying to expand in. So to me, like one of the biggest hacks and ways to work toward any goal is to celebrate and to get into the practice of celebrating or being grateful, like whatever you want to kind of call it as a practice. But really learning, again, to train our brain of what it's looking for. And I am really big on celebrating exactly for the reason, like some of what we talked about before, and it sounds like you relate. And I definitely used to be very type A, very uh, perfectionist driven, but I shifted out of a lot of that because I just was able to see how much it wasn't serving me in terms of like nothing ever felt good enough because yeah. you're, you're like never arriving, right? Because even when you arrive and you hit the big goal, you're like, well, what's next? Yeah, and, no, I, I totally feel know, that way. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do next? Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's great. And I'm still all for that because I think like we all need to dream bigger and we all need to, you know, believe that anything's possible. But if we're not enjoying the journey and celebrating along the way, like we're just going to live in this constant state of disappointment. 
And so is it like so, celebrating the wins like, or, or are we just kind of like celebrating the journey, you know, just both, anything both. Okay. And everything in between, yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, and, and it's just, it's so true. So, um, I don't know if you follow any of Joe Dispenza's work. No, no, I don't know him or her. <laughs> um, so definitely, it, I definitely recommend his work. So he, um, he talks a lot about living in an elevated emotional state. So it's basically, and like how it's always been explained to me and how I um, teach a lot of this work is like, okay, so your thoughts plus your feelings plus your actions is going to get you your results. Mm. But what happens is oftentimes we're in a really bad thought cycle, right? Like things are not going our way. Um, you know, X, Y, and Z has happened. And so then we stay in that loop versus catching our thoughts and deciding like, okay, I have the ability to retrain and repattern my thoughts around it. But then if we're thinking those new thoughts, those more empowering thoughts, we're often still staying in our cognitive brain and we're not living into our full body and our experience. And so why I love Joe's work is because he really has you get into that elevated feeling state. And so the way I often explain this is like, okay, let's say you're trying to hit a new goal, like you want to make a certain amount of money or you want to sign a client or whatever the goal is. Well, how would you feel on the other side of that? Like if you hit the goal, if the client signs up with you and pays you the money, How would you like actually feel from that experience? And then can you go feel those thoughts, feel those feelings on purpose now? And so it's really like learning to retrain ourselves to be more in control and understand that like it comes from an internal environment versus like the external, right? Because we're so used to Mm -hmm living in this world where, I mean, I think no fault to our own, I think just conditioning, but a lot of us live in a world where life is happening to us. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I lost my job. Oh, this person said this. Oh, this happened today, right? Versus us realizing like, oh, no one has the power to make me feel a certain way. Wow. So yeah, you're almost feeling that satisfaction or whatever it is kind of in advance, like of getting there. Is that kind of what you're meaning? Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's, and so yeah, your whole body, your whole being is way more positive about the whole thing. Yes. And like, it's really, really then, and he, so he talks in turn and it's way beyond like all the things I can explain, but Mm -hmm. he really works with quantum physics and how this is actually proven in science that your brain does not know the difference between what is quote unquote real and what you train it to believe. Hmm. And it's wild. Like he, his work is revolutionary. Like he basically healed his entire body um, after an accident he had many, many years ago. Um, And the, the science and the research that he's doing now is just incredible because they hook people up to brain scans. And so they're able to prove this and to show like, this is not just some woo woo, whatever magic that people are, you know, just believing, but they can actually prove it with science and show like, yes, 
we can hook people up and show that like you can create your own reality in terms of of like reconditioning your body in this way. Yeah. And you know what? It makes sense because if you think about how we can condition ourselves almost in a negative way, right? Like if we constantly are thinking Mm -hmm. negative thoughts, then they kind of start to become your reality, right? So yeah, well, that totally makes sense. You could do it the other way. Oh, interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, for me personally, I'm like, I want everyone to know this kind of stuff because Mm -hmm. we're not taught this stuff in school. I mean, I think actually, well, at least I wasn't, I'll say that. I think now there's a lot more emphasis on mindfulness and practices and I'm encouraged. I don't think it's everywhere, but I do Mm -hmm. know plenty of schools and teachers that say it's happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? I've seen it in my kids. I've seen at least them talking about growth mindset. I've seen some things about mindfulness where they take like, um, I can't like body breaks and different like minutes kind of throughout the day. So uh, I hope that the next generation does see and sort of have it ingrained in them. But you're right. I never had that experience. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of a key tool then, like this kind of teaching. Anything else that that you like kind of guides your work with clients? Yeah, I mean, lots of things. But honestly, another just practical tool that I am a huge fan of and we can dismiss sometimes, but is journaling. Mm. And the reason I love it, and then I, I, I also use it both in written form or quote unquote, like audio journaling form, depending on what your style is. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, but, but what I love and the reason I think it's just such a helpful tool in terms of this work that we're talking about with not believing all the thoughts in your brain mm-hmm. is like, think about a time when you're so charged around something, you have so much emotion but it doesn't really feel like your norm in terms of how you operate. But in that moment, you're just like triggered and frustrated and annoyed or whatever. And it's such a great tool in certain moments like that. If you can just journal out what you're thinking, what's going on, and then you can calm your brain if you can, or remind yourself like, okay, I don't want to take action right now. You know, like, let's say you're really mad at someone and you Mm -hmm. want to go send that email or go say that thing. But it's like, what if you just journaled out your thoughts instead? And then wait until you get back to feeling more like yourself, feeling more neutral in your emotion. And then you go back to that, that written piece of paper and you ask yourself like, oh, is this really who I want to be? Are these really the thoughts that I feel consumed by every day? And generally, no, like it's just a moment. But you can start to use that as a tool to retrain yourself and to be like, oh, okay, I was just having these thoughts and it's okay. And I don't have to make myself wrong for having them. I can feel what I need to feel in here without acting. Mm-hmm. But like get them out because if you're not if you're not getting them out or feeling them somehow, you're going to um, have them come up at a different moment in time, right? Like we know if we just bypass our feelings, like they fester and that's like how somebody has a moment where they explode because they've been thinking and feeling all these things and not putting them anywhere. Yeah, so that I sense. love So I love doing this. And also, you know, I have some clients that don't like journaling 
And I think it's really helpful to do an audio format too. Like there's so much technology, right? You can just use mm-hmm. the voice recorder on your phone and you can leave a voice note to yourself and then like go back in an hour, two hours when you feel more, more neutral and listen to it and be like, ah, oh, well, that feels like it's past. Like I don't have to have to act on that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing how like I find with the writing piece, I enjoy that as well. And it's like it just comes literally out of you and then it's gone. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> it goes yeah. right through your hand onto the paper and then you can move right along. So no, you're right. That's a that's a great tool for sure. And so in terms of like mindset work, is that then like the way you see it as kind of then the key to having, you know, the successful business or things like that. It's all about sort of where you're starting from inside. Yes. I honestly, like, I didn't want this to be true. I don't think it, okay. So I don't think it has to be true. The tr- The reality is like, you can have a terrible ad- attitude. You can hustle and grind and you can have a successful business. But are you going to be happy in the process? And are you going to feel successful? Like, probably not. Um, And, you know, the work that I really do with clients and that I have transformed within myself, too, is like unlearning the programming, the conditioning that says I have to work hard and I have to hustle um, because I know how to do that. Like, I'm a very driven type A person by default. and you know, that serves me up until a certain point. But then I think you also reach this point where you're like, wait a minute, there's more to life than right. hustling and working all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so to me, it's it's really undoing, which is the hardest part. It's like unlearning the way we've been taught to think and conditioned to work and um, really allowing yourself to be a student again and learn new ways of being. And I find that mindset is the majority of it because life, business, all of it, as much as we want to say it's hard or complicated, it's really not. It's really not. And our brains just overcomplicate everything. And so, you know, the way I view business is you're just solving problems. And so the simpler we can make it, the better. And mindset is going to take you that extra mile in terms of if you believe something's possible and if you show up for the thing, because when you have belief that it is possible, then you're going to keep showing up until the actual results manifest in your reality. Yeah, for sure. And I've experienced that sort of, I always say it's like kind of putting my head down, like it's just like head down and plow forward. And you're right, as I've gotten older, it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe this is why I'm always feeling so stressed, or, you know, maybe then you're not feeling that sort of satisfaction. So I think that makes a lot of sense, sort of that unlearning the hustle piece. So then, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's the hardest part. It's like unlearning and allowing it to be different. Do you find then that you're working with a lot of people that are switching careers and then also kind of battling like a fear piece, like a fear of trying or, you know, jumping to something new? Some people, yeah, for sure. Um, I find particularly if I work with 
primarily online business owners. So whether they're just starting their online business or, you know, I, I work with very successful online business owners that maybe already have a six-figure or multiple six-figure business that they're wanting to grow and expand. But one of the biggest fears and things that holds particularly females back in the online space is the comparison and the judgment. Mm, yep. So, right, like we, especially as females, and I think it's it's a good quality in terms of we're just caretakers and we we love to nurture and build relationships and so we care about other people. And I think so often we can make it wrong or bad that that's just innate for most of us as females. But I think it's such a good quality, right? Like we know how to nurture and care for other people like just really, really well. Um, But the flip side of that is caring a lot about what everyone thinks about us. Right. And so I find so much of that fear shows up when people are either starting their online business or looking to scale their online business because they slash me, you know, in my past for sure too. I've had to work through all of this and continue to have to work through all of this. But it's that letting go of what everyone thinks about us and trusting that we are doing good work in the world and focusing on the people that do want to hear what we have to say in our businesses versus everyone that might be judging you or might be, you know, not liking what you have to say. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I can see that's a huge one. I recently released my first novel and it's a middle grade novel. Mm. Um, And, you know, it took me two years to get it all together and everything, but just the fear of actually having it out there and people reading it as much as I want them to read it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah, You definitely have those feelings creep up of like, what if they hate it or they don't think that this, you know, resonates with them. And absolutely that makes sense. And, And then it could really hold hold you back in in growing your business absolutely congrats on the novel that's huge thank you yeah yeah no it's been exciting for sure so I thought why don't we switch gears a little bit I know that you are gluten-free Adam I um and so I thought we could just chat about that for a few minutes because I know a lot of my listeners um are are gluten-free as well so I just wondered your experience kind of in finding out your diagnosis now I don't have celiac disease I have an autoimmune condition so I've uh, taken gluten out of my diet in order to help with um, some of my healing there. But just wondered mm-hmm. your experience and and how switching to a gluten-free diet went and, and sort of any tips you might have. Yeah, um, so I do have celiac disease. So I got diagnosed, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it's coming up on 10 years this summer. So yeah. Um, You know, it's been such a journey as I think for anyone who goes gluten-free, but I would say, obviously, if you have celiac disease, like, Mm -hmm. do it. Um, You'll feel better for sure. But if you have anything that's affecting your health, like, I know it's it's such a hard transition and the thought initially, because I think we all remember whether it was a doctor that told us we needed to or whatever the conditions were, Mm -hmm. um, it feels like 
I mean, it almost feels like the death of something because you Mm -hmm. have to give up something that you're so used to. Um, But I think focusing on how you're going to feel after um, is so important. And for me, it just, it became a no brainer a couple months in once I started feeling better. Um, Cause I think there's the temptation of, well, would I cheat? Could I cheat? And it just has never been worth it for me because of how different I feel. Yeah. Um, and for me personally, um, it was so much of my mental health that changed after going gluten-free um, that I didn't really realize was connected to my gut. Mm-hmm. Um, but makes complete sense with science. Like most of our serotonin lives in our gut. And um, so once, you know, for me, once gluten was taken out of my body, like I really felt like I almost became a different person. I didn't struggle with depression anymore. I didn't have the same anxiety anymore. Like it was a game changer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And energy probably as well, right? Oh, absolutely. And I got really bad migraines for years. Like there's just so many health benefits. And so, you know, I would absolutely say like, give it a try, even if you're not obviously full out celiac. Um, And like, there's amazing gluten-free products now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so, so many good ones. And then I would also say like, just stick to what you know, in terms of natural product, right? There's, there's something so simple about, like even last night I had um, like we made a huge thing of just veggies and meat. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's how I prefer to eat most of the time. Anyways, it's just like naturally gluten-free foods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. You're right. Like a lot of just basic stuff is gluten-free anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any favorite kind of treat foods or things that, uh, that are gluten-free? Any favorite products? Oh my gosh, I have so many that I miss because being in <laughs> Vietnam, like it's so hard to. It's a lot to harder. Stuff. Although, yeah, although now, so I moved a couple of months ago down to the south and I'm in Ho Chi Minh, which is a bigger city. And um, there are more products down here. And then there's actually, so I have an app. I'm in the process of selling it, but I have an app that's a locator of 100% gluten free places all over the world. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, yeah. So, um, but there, there was nothing in Vietnam, but now there's one place. It's not, I mean, it's not like products, but it's a bakery and mm. they make it out of their um, home. And it's just lovely because I couldn't have bread for the last uh, couple of years. Like no one mm. made bread in the North. Um, so having gluten-free bagels again is amazing. Um, but I, I love um, some of the like chickpea pasta. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that is a really good substitute. Cause you know how some of the products you're like, eh, I don't know if I really love this substitute. Um, But I love chickpea pasta. I also really love as much as I feel so trendy or whatever saying it. I actually love cauliflower pizza. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. No, it is good. Good. Those are good ones. Yeah. yeah no, you're so right. I, have- I I totally agree. Like in terms of, you know, just it does have a, a big impact anyway on health. But no, go ahead. Sorry. 
Oh, no, I was going to ask you because I'm not in the States, although I think they're in Europe, too. But have you seen and tried the new gluten free Oreos? I have not. So I'm in Canada um, and they are in different spots. Like we, I've actually seen on, you know, Facebook and some of the groups that I'm in, people have been posting like we got them at this grocery store here. So I haven't <laughs> tried them yet, but I am okay. interested. I know we... um there's a Canadian company called Kaniki Nick. And so they have like a gluten-free Oreo. It's like a sandwich mm. cookie or whatever. So, you know, my kids enjoy those, but yeah, I thought it would be interesting to try an actual Oreo and see how that tasted too. <laughs> it's on my list. Yeah, on well, my I list. Just, yeah. I just saw them going around. And of course, you know, when you yeah. see it from like a hundred places. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. So are there any other additional tools that you want to mention for listeners before we wrap up? Um, to me, it's all about like whatever works for you. So I, I view mindset work and thought work and things like this as your ability to help yourself to feel better. And so whatever tools those are, whether it be journaling or catching your thoughts during meditation. Um, I find that anything that moves your body is also a really good one that I think mm -hmm. we don't always classify in the realm of like mindset work or whatever we call it. Yeah. Um, but like yoga, dancing, things like that are mm -hmm. actually amazing because you're not only um, in your thoughts, you're also in your body. So you're really connecting and able to um, shift things. And I find that even like standing up and shaking things out and just like moving in that sense for a minute or two, like you can, you can really shift something fast if you get into your actual body versus just staying in your cognitive brain. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I love to view it as like, what are the simple things that you can do Um to allow yourself to feel better and to know that you have the ability to do that. Like we don't have to rely on external forces. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I love movement. It's something that I've kind of committed to like every day getting some kind of movement. I used to be like growing up super sedentary. I was not athletic. Mm. I still don't really consider myself athletic, but I do <laughs> make sure that I, you know, I either jog or, you know, actually just did a boot camp like an hour and a half before this interview um, online with some friends. So yeah, I totally agree that it can just shift things really fast. That's, that's a great one for sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, just getting to know yourself and like trying some things on and being open to it, but then also just being okay with what works for someone might not work for you and what works for you might not work for someone else. And that's totally great and okay. But finding just even just one practice that you can utilize within your day-to-day -day life um, to help you is a game changer, right? Like, I just, I, I don't know how I would operate without things like meditation now. Like, it has mm -hmm. just really, really changed my life. Yep. No, I agree. I, I've even started giving some free meditations on the podcast. Just, um, mm. I took like a training course a year ago. And so I've done, I don't know, maybe around 10 different ones, uh, just, just to kind of give back to the community. But I agree. It does really shift things too. Yeah. Ooh, super cool. I love that you do that. 
Yeah. <laughs> so how can listeners find out more about you just as we wrap up um, in case they want to get involved in coaching or maybe if they just want to follow you online or social media, what's the best way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am on Instagram at setyourselffree.llc. I also have a website. It's setyourselffreellc.com. I am happy to pop on the phone with any listener that is interested in talking about coaching, how it can transform your life, any goals or business-related topics you're wanting to explore. I do offer 30-minute complimentary calls, so you can go onto my website and book that, and I would be happy to chat with you. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for your time today, Carrie. I think those have been wonderful tips for listeners. And I'm hoping they will go check out all of these places online. And what I'll do is I'll put them in the show notes so that they can kind of just click on those as well and link to all of your online presence. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. Great. Thanks a lot. And um, have a great week. You too. Thanks again to Mindset Coach Carrie Veach for her wonderful tips on how to achieve our goals, how to keep in a positive mindset, and even her tips on becoming and being gluten-free, as I know a lot of listeners are looking for those little tips as well. Um, I really loved her focus on meditation. And if you are interested in the learning to slay the beast meditations, there are quite a few on there from five minutes, the micro meditation to 30 minutes uh, for the body scan meditation. And also loved her tips on journaling and even doing an audio journal if that's something that you're interested as well. And movement. Of course, that is something that I think is so key. I've seen such a change in my own mindset just from working in that movement every day. So if you're interested in hearing more from Carrie, you can check out her website at setyourselffreellc.com or on Instagram at at setyourselffree.llc. Thanks for listening. I wrote a book and I am so excited to share it with all of you. Pendulum by Essie German is now available. The story follows a young boy named Ben as he changes from a silly, energetic, happy little guy to a boy that is anxious, obsessive, emotional, angry, and depressed. After visiting 20 doctors and getting seven misdiagnoses, his mental health declining even further, he's finally diagnosed with PANDAS, a neuroimmune disorder. PANDAS stands for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorder Associated with Streptococcal Infections. It's a little-known and understood disorder without a cure. At eight years old, Ben and his family move to a new city to start a new life. He gains confidence, navigates his first crush, and plays competitive sports. Ben encounters many challenges in a new school while also coping with his mental health issues and trying to understand and accept himself and his disorder. Ben shares how he handles all the trials of being a middle grader and having pandas and his unique outlook on both the disorder and his life. Pendulum is available at 
Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, and also through the Friesen Press Bookstore. It can be found in hardcover, paperback, and the ebook. I hope you will check it out soon. I am creating an email list community under the name Real Life Project Co., which is my company name. And with this email list, I'm going to be communicating all about what's going on with the podcast, how things are going in terms of my writing career, and any special events or offers that are coming up, including our current offer, which is a free self-care 30-day calendar that gives you tons of ideas for self-care, to challenge yourself to keep looking after yourself for a whole month straight. If you want to join my email community, please go to my Instagram page at Sarah Lady Gluten and click on the link in the bio, which goes to the Real Life Project Co. webpage. And there you'll have the opportunity to sign up to be part of this community. I've been sending emails just about every week, giving updates on how things are going and where the podcast is at. And I hope that you'll join this community and find connection with me there. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you are looking for that advice, please seek that out from a professional. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can visit my blog, www.theallergybeast.wordpress.com, or follow me online at Sarah Lady Gluten on Instagram, S A R A L A D Y G L U T E N, or the Facebook page, Sarah Lady Gluten. If you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing so that you will get the podcast update every week and or reviewing the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Thanks again and have a great week.